It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after Babylon 5's debut. This intro cast is a dream given form. Its goal? To introduce the show to new fans by creating a place where new viewers and old alike can discuss the show peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers. British and Americans, wrapped up in minutes of audio downloads, all alone on the web. It can be a silly place, but it's our last best hope for intelligent analysis. This is the story of the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. The year is 2014. The name of the show is Down Below. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm in. I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth. Now, today we're joined for the second episode in a row by the Babylon Lurker. Say hello to Yan. Hey, Yan. Welcome back. Woo-hoo. Good to have you back, Yan. <laughs> Thank you. Are you and, sure you uh, don't but... just want to sign up full time? <laughs> I think that the time of the day is, would make it a little difficult. Oh, yeah. It's really late where you are, isn't it? It's just over midnight. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we're here to discuss episode 11 of season one, which is called Survivors. We're at the halfway point of the season, guys. Yeah, we're just going to say. Yeah, yeah, we've made it. um, Yeah, we haven't pod made it. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. It feels a little bit like it would, I don't know, it feels like it's farther in the season. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I don't keep up with the episode numbers, really. I don't think about them, but yeah, it feels like it should be, we'll be farther along. Before we get into the episode, here is an ISN report. ISN Special Report. Terrorist attack at last best hope for peace. Reports have reached us here at ISN of a narrowly avoided terrorist attack aboard Babylon 5 during the recent presidential visit. A faction of Home Guard, the human supremacist hate group, planted a bomb on the newly fitted Cobra base aboard the station. Sources indicate that the controversial security chief, Michael Garibaldi, was at one time a suspect in the investigation. However, he was later acquitted and those responsible caught. A date has been set for the trial and will take place in Earthdale. To stay up to date with the trial and all that surrounds it, be sure to stay tuned to ISN. Survivors originally aired on May 4th, 1994. It was directed by Jim Johnston, who directed Soul Hunter and the Parliament of Dreams. It was written by Mark Scott Zikri, Z-I-C-R-E-E, He's written lots of sci-fi stuff, and he's written for Star Trek shows. And he, he, I saw that he uh, was a writer on the Smurfs, the TV show cartoon. Oh, okay. So, so question. Two in a row, not written by JMS. Yeah. So he wrote well, most of the episodes of the show, but a lot of the ones he didn't write were in the first season. Yes, yeah, the majority right. of them. Okay. Uh, he wrote uh, ninety-two of, of of the hundred and ten. And season three, four, and five, all but one. Wow. Yes. So, yeah, one other thing about Mark Scott Zikri, he has, I saw that he has a new project he's working on. He crowdfunded 
on Kickstarter. It's called Space Command. I think it's going to be a series of six films, but I saw the other day that Mira Furlan is signed on to be in it. Yes, I saw that. Ah, I'll have to take a look at this. All right, let's start the episode. Uh, The episode begins with a ship traveling through space. It's Earth President Luis Santiago on his way to Babylon 5. We hear a news report and it says that the president's there to deliver a new fighter wing to the station, but many believe its real reason is to gather support for his alien immigration and trade agreements. Um, what is a fighter this... wing? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alyssa. Oh, no, I was just... What is a fighter wing? Is that a... a... You know, that bikes is their um, X-wing, like... Um... Oh, okay, so it's a ship. Yeah, ships that, you know, the group... fighter wing, fighter of Starfuries, so it's a yeah. squad... Yeah, squadron. So ah, okay. I, I'm assuming you know the the launch base you see later on. Yeah. I think each one of those bays accounts for a wing. So the impression I'm getting is most of the wings are full, and they, they're just now getting the extra fighters to fill the last one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's my impression too. Okay. Sorry, Heidi, you were saying something. I am not positive if it's uh, if it's this or if it's in maybe the next thing, but I think we've just seen uh, maybe the worst CGI that <laughs> yeah. we have seen. Because, for one thing, they should apparently not travel through Babylon 5 and let us see out the windows, because we've seen horribleness before. But this was like a bad video game or something. Like, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> It was like, it wasn't out the window! It wasn't just that. They didn't even bother trying to colour correct at all because Ivanova's uniform goes from blue to dark green. (laughs) Oh, this is the one where they're in the people mover. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, so we see Ivanova and Garibaldi speaking. The president's keeping his itinerary secret and they get on that shuttle. And Garibaldi thinks that this whole trip is a waste of money, but they are getting a new fighter wing that they should have had a long time ago, but they have to go through a lot of trouble because of it, and they have inexperienced crews doing the work. Yeah, when they're on the shuttle, you can see out the window, that was terrible, but... And I was reading the Lurker's Guide, it seemed like JMS was proud of it at the time, but they did a composite shot, but like I said in the first episode, because of the way they had to do the DVD transfer, DVD transfers, composite shots look terrible on the DVDs, but uh, you saw it yeah. on TV. Uh-huh. We have live action and uh, CG mixed in. That's what I mean by composite shot. Yeah, and um, just backing up a bit, um, the news report, you, you get a little hint at um, the growing tension on Earth again that um, the president is kind of working on this alien immigration thing, and it's said that the Senate are against him on this idea. So that's something kind of interesting, you know. And yeah, um, yeah uh, and the president coming to Babylon 5, you know, it's it raises the profile of the place. It's not just some station off on the fringes. It's important for Earth as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So logistically, there is, this is, Santiago is the Earth Alliance president, right? Yeah. Yes. And there's an Earth Alliance Senate, right? Because we've seen senators. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And they're um, not getting along. <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're at odds there. 
Okay. I, I was. T- it's too bad we haven't uh, got, gotten to actually see Santiago yet, but okay. You do hear him later briefly. But yeah, yeah, I think we, we saw a picture him. of him one time, but yeah, I know it's him. Yeah, wasn't it during the election? Yeah. Yeah. Is he the one with a strong jaw? Or no, not it's the, the other one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the vice president has two chins, but he has no chin. Oh, no chin. Oh, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, isn't the um, isn't the, the image of the uh, president uh, one of the producers? Yeah, it was yes, Doug Netter. Doug, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you hear his voice in this episode, Doug Netter's voice as Santiago. I think so. So we see a crewman doing some work, and there's an explosion that rocks the station. And up in CNC, we see Clara yell out that there's been an explosion. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> I have oh. Clara exclamation point in my note. Yeah, she gets she gets a couple of crucial lines this episode. Yes. She does. Yes, and a lot of nodding. Um, but I have to say the music as Garibaldi and Ivanova are walking towards that door was it was so obvious something was going to happen because the music <laughs> swelled to this crescendo before anything <laughs> happened. <laughs> There's just one wow. more note. Just one more note to the uh, the scene with the uh, shuttle. Nice to see some good signs. Oh, oh what were the yeah, signs? Yeah. It's in the low gravity area. Oh, yeah, they did mention that, right? Yeah. Or the loudspeaker um, or something? Yes. Loudspeaker, and you've got signs in several different alien languages as well. Yes, so, Yeah, so there, it's another sign that, yes, this is an Earthrun station, but they're not assuming everyone speaks English. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's as if you're going to, to an airport, or, a, well, I should say a large airport, that, you know, they've got signs in other languages because not everyone can speak every language. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. it's just those nice little background touches. Yeah, you notice them occasionally, and it just adds that little bit extra to the world. Right. Makes it more real. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're in a low-gravity area, so they're holding on to a handrail. So... Again, it's yeah, it's real implications of living on a space station. Yeah, that would be cool to walk in a low gravity area. <laughs> That'd be neat. Yes, it would. <laughs> so this ex- uh, explosion took place down where they're supposed to have the new fighter wing, where they got the inexperienced crew members working. Just wrote down Sinclair gives a bunch of orders because <laughs> he looks outside and sees a bu- sees a body floating through space, and then we have the opening credits. Oh, question, Ian. What was the spoiler you said that you said on the show oh, last it's, time? Oh, um, it's, I mentioned that, um, Jakar oh, was yes. in the episode. Yeah, that's one of my, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I kind of hinted as to something he was, he's gonna say. Okay. <laughs> it's one of the quotes. Yeah, because, yeah, I thought you had, you had seen the episode already, but it doesn't matter. I like vaguely remembered that you said something about Jakar when Jakar was talking, but other than that, I didn't like have yeah, any. <laughs> I didn't pick it up either. Yeah, yeah, because at this stage, it is a minor spoiler saying certain characters are in the episode because again, we haven't got the whole cast in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, in Med Lab, I think I say Med Bay a lot, but I mean Med Lab. Doctor Franklin is working on the guy that was blown out of the bay. Rousing him at this time could kill him. Garibaldi reports. <laughs> Garibaldi reports that they've sealed the bay, but there's not much left to it. They don't know what caused the explosion. They get a call from Ivanova, and she reports that Liana Kimmer, 
from the president's staff is called, and Garibaldi recognizes that name when he hears it. And he he looks uh, quite uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, concerned. So this is like the fourth main character that has had people come show up from their past. Right. And when they yeah. when they said it, I was sure it was an old girlfriend. I was like, yeah. I'll be Garibaldi's. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Any time from anyone from your past shows up, this is what we're learning. Any time someone from your past shows up, bad things will happen to you. Trouble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of, whatever happened to Sinclair's new girlfriend or no, old girlfriend or whatever? She disappeared she's, for a while. She's she's out. She's off. I don't know. Doing <laughs> stuff. Exploring. I don't know. Yeah. What's her name again? Well, I can't remember her name. <laughs> was it no, Carolyn? Um, no. Catherine no. Sakai. Yes, Sakai. That's, right. that's Sakai. it, Sakai. I didn't want to say Sakai, just in case that's the name of um, the other lieutenant commander from the pilot. Takashima. Takashima. All right. So they're on their way to meet Liana, and they discuss how Garibaldi knew her. It turns out that her father was a friend of Garibaldi. So then they meet Liana, who was played by Elaine Thomas. She's only had two other acting credits other than this show, and one was a video game. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was named after Ed Kimmer, who was an actor on a 1950s sci-fi show called Space Patrol. Hey. Has she he- done anything since uh, Babylon 5? I know, it's just one other thing. I th- oh. so she had like yeah. three credits total, and one was Babylon 5. Um, oh, um, oh, it's just that she seems quite young to be a um, major, really, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. She doesn't want Garibaldi to lead the investigation and wants to use, threatens to use her rank to take over the investigation. Uh, Garibaldi says she can have it because he has better things to do. And Sinclair follows Garibaldi and try to find out more, but Garibaldi says it's personal. And when Sinclair gets stopped by Jakar, who has a problem with the seating arrangements at the president's yep. banquet, sort of like smack Jakar. Yeah, there are actually worse positions for him to be seated in. You know, complaining <laughs> about being seated next to the Vri, it could be worse. Yeah. Do we know the Vri? I don't think. Though I think they're one of the aliens in the backgrounds you haven't been fully introduced to yet, but okay. you will do at some point. There was a really odd camera movement when um, Garibaldi was going into the, I guess, the Zocalo, right? Yeah. And then Sinclair was behind him, but he hadn't come through the door yet. And the camera panned over to the left and then panned back as Sinclair walked in. It was really odd. I was confused for a second. Anyways, that's what I noticed. That's what I wrote down. (laughs) Odd camera movement. (laughs) Hmm. Garibaldi walks off while Sinclair is just distracted and he stops a known thief uh, he loses his uh, he loses his temper and goes too far but Sinclair gets free of Jakar and jumps in and breaks up the altercation yeah okay this, yeah. this is me going on <laughs> side tangents again because to me all I could think of was why is this guy still on the station <laughs> like come on like get this guy off the station he keeps trying to steal from people that's what I was thinking about the entire time yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe he couldn't afford the ticket. They kick him off. Take him to wherever. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's another thing that uh, while they discuss, I seem to remember something about dust. Oh, yes. I wrote that down again because they mentioned 
Because we haven't heard about dust since that first time, right? Where they stopped somebody trying to get in. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's correct. Yeah. The first in in the uh, pilot. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of this dust up kind of makes me think. Yeah, I could just imagine um, Garibaldi getting on well with uh, what's his name from Life on Mars, Gene Hunt. Have you? Not familiar with that. None of you seen Life on Mars? Just the US version. Ah, no, you're missing out. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So a little later, Garibaldi explains that he got mad and went overboard. He says he needs a drink and it's water this time. Interesting. And then he explains that 17 years ago he was working on working the ice mining operation on Europa. It's a really bad environment, a lot of crime, and the only one on the command staff who cared was himself. After a few weeks, he started drinking hard just to get through the night. Uh, one day he met Frank Kimmer, who was a shuttle pilot, and spent time with him and his family when times got rough, and that's how he met Liana. She called him Uncle Mike. Aww. Oh. I have a note about the look on Sinclair's face when he's telling the story. <laughs> And well, what was it? It's just an odd kind of smile, kind of maybe a little creepy kind of a smile. <laughs> well, like, I, I, I always got the impression um, at this point that Sinclair and Garibaldi knew each other going back a bit. And yeah. it's kind yeah. of, ah, oh, you're mentioning your drink again. Yeah, I kind of know how these stories go. Because the impression yeah. is that this wasn't the first time that... Garibaldi lost control to the drink. This was just one of those instances. And yeah, one of the reasons why he's got a spotty back history that's been mentioned up until now. Yeah. That is, it's pretty clear that they're old friends. Yeah. So I think it was Elizabeth who predicted in a previous episode that his, his, his problems stemmed from alcohol. I might have said I hoped it wasn't that. Oh. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> well, good job either way. Yeah. <laughs> so Garibaldi managed to stay sober for a while, and he started to make a dent in crime. But in retaliation, the criminals rigged the shuttle bay, and Frank Kimmer was killed. And he Garibaldi was set up, and his negligence was blamed. But uh, the worst... Oh, sorry. Sorry, no, no. Okay, what did he mean by he got involved in the rackets? I mean, what is this? Is this gambling? Um, I don't know. I just kind of took it to mean some kind of crime, maybe organized uh, crime. Racketeering, perhaps racketeering um, illegal is... imports, something like that. Isn't it extortion? Hmm. <laughs> he got involved in extortion? <laughs> I don't uh, I think I he mean, I think it... Maybe not. I don't know what it means in this instance. I'm just curious. Like, he just said it so casually. Like, uh, we're supposed to figure out what that meant. I did not know what that meant. I thought it meant that he just started to, um, he said he started to make a dent in the racket. So he was just starting to, so, yeah. Yeah. From the sounds of it, you know, it was a corrupt environment. And if he was working security there, yeah. Oh, so he started to come down on them. Right. On yeah. the organized crime. Or whatever. Right. Crime. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought he was getting involved in it. Like, he owed money to people and... Okay. Got it. Yeah, and then... Right. After the bomb, he was blamed for not searching the area properly for bombs or something like that. Racket. Okay. I looked it up. A service that is fraudulently offered to solve a problem. Okay. 
But, All right, yeah, my misunderstanding. But he said the worst part was having to tell Frank's family what happened, and after that he climbed back into the bottle and didn't come out for a long time. Sinclair gets a call from Franklin, and he needs to go. Uh, he needs to see them in Med Bay, Med Lab right now. So in Med Lab, Doctor Franklin is trying to treat the patient, but Major Kimmer's man Cutter won't let him do it. Cutter was played by Tom Donaldson. Meh. He's <laughs> never really done anything. I was surprised we got Dr. Franklin again after such a heavy episode last time. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently his um, beef with Sinclair is all done. So. Although they were shot in a different order, so yeah, no, that I know. doesn't actually matter. <laughs> Does so, anybody else get distracted when, on a show, any show, where there's like like physical confrontation where people are supposed to be pushing each other or trying to get by each other and it just looks so terrible like yes. that always bugs me like <laughs> earlier when Sinclair pulled Garibaldi and that guy apart yeah oh, that looks <laughs> right. and they just like jump backwards like yeah he doesn't even have to touch them really. it's just bad staging really half the time isn't yeah. it you know just if he's directed properly or staged properly you can't tell that it's fake or that. Yeah, look, there's a whole load of room the other side. You could have just gone round him that way, yeah. <laughs> something like that. You didn't need to go through him. <laughs> so Major Kimmer wakes up the guy whose name is Nolan. Nolan was played by Jose Ramon Rosario. Yeah, he played a maitre d' in The Wolf of Wall Street. Nolan says it was a bomb, and then you see Sinclair and Garibaldi arrive when they get past, or they get past Cutter. And when they get to Nolan, he names Garibaldi as the guy who planted the bomb. Next in Sinclair's office, Garibaldi says the guy was lying, of course, and he thinks it's revenge for busting him earlier. Major Kimmer wants Garibaldi to be relieved, and she pulls rank under her presidential authority, so Sinclair has to relieve him, and Kimmer takes control of security. Pulling rank. Uh, Garibaldi tries to go back to his quarters, um, but it's under seizure. He wants to talk to Kimmer privately, but she doesn't want to. Finally, she agrees, sending Cutter off to find out what her team has turned up in the investigation. Uh, they talk about their past and how he ran on Europa. Cutter comes back and he has evidence, including some Centauri ducats that implicates Garibaldi. Cutter tries to take Garibaldi into custody, but he runs again. Yeah, mm. that was... I don't have much to say because... Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Right. Like I In never thought it was Garibaldi and then... Yeah, I, I, you just kind of yeah. knew how this whole thing was going to play out, kind of. I mean, it was just... Yeah. yeah. And at the same time, you know, Cutter's meant to have planted this evidence, yet how come Lou Welsh didn't see him plant the evidence? He was in the quarters at the same time. Yeah, but... Isn't that Cutter, meant Cutter was to in... be... Yeah, sorry, I just it? thought that... Cutter was sorry. in there first. first. Ah, yeah, ah. yeah. I remember now. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say, how come Welsh didn't seem plant the evidence? But, yeah, sorry, Heidi, what else were you going to say? Um, I think I've complained about this in a different episode, but, and this one also had it, was that there was just such a long time, it seemed like, where we were just watching Garibaldi run. 
you know, like he'd run away and then he'd get caught and then he'd run away and then he'd get caught. You know, yeah. it, it was just a very big chunk of the episode. That was uh, maybe infection yeah. where we saw a dude just yeah. walking through the station. Yes, I yeah. think that was it. <laughs> well, at least it's not um, a, a fifth episode in a sixth episode uh, Doctor Who run back in the 70s or something because, yeah, basically that's what it used to be, you know. It's just all about TV stars, I think, you know, um, for Doctor Who back Back then, you could get away with a whole episode of just running around, being captured and <laughs> running free. And in the 90s, in, in this a show like this, I think, you know, it didn't have to be as fast-paced because mm, it was uh, people were used to other things, you know, slow-paced shows, sorry. Are you saying this was sorry. fast-paced? No, I'm just trying to say... Oh, okay, because I beg to differ. You know, they... They could get away with um, traffic run, at, you know, and extended shots of um, escaping and things like this because, you know, mm-hmm. TV shows were a little slow paced then. I mean, mm-hmm. even some of the X Files stuff, you know, you could have, you can cut the show, you know, some shots in, in half and still get across the same message. It's. Right. It's. Yeah, it's a stylistic thing and, you know, responding to what audience expects. Um, yeah, no, yeah. that's definitely true. So in CNC, Ivanova sees a station-wide alert from security, a fugitive alert for Garibaldi. Wait, is this after um, he got, he was suspended, right? This was after he was suspended? Uh, yes. Um, okay. Have you guys ever seen... Us. That YouTube clip of all the shows and movies where pe- not all of them, but a ton of ones where where people are um, where they ask a cop to give him his gun and badge, you know, when he gets suspended. Uh, no, yeah. Oh no! Oh my either. god! It's, and every time this this comes up on a TV show or or I always think of that clip. <laughs> Never. So when he was asked to give his identification card and his whatever laser gun or whatever, I just I just think of the the long long train of shows and. And films where cops are asked to give their gun and badge. Yeah, like and if you didn't, cliches. yeah, if you didn't know what's going to happen in this show, this episode before now, now you did. Because <laughs> even in the nineties, that was a cliche. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, would have to look for that clip. Um, <laughs> these, well, it sounds like there's something like behind me, so I keep turning around to look. Seems like somebody's stepping behind me, <laughs> like a, a little creak. But anyway. Sinclair wants the alert canceled, but Kimmer doesn't want it because she has evidence. But Sinclair doesn't believe the evidence. He's tired of her personal vendetta and orders Ivanova to cancel the alert. And Kimmer tries to pull her rank again, but Sinclair's tired of that too. And he orders Ivanova to escort Kimmer out. And she doesn't put up a fight. Uh I love Ivanova's little comment there. Yes. Uh Yeah. Sinclair and Ivanova know that and she'll call Earth Central, but Sinclair's glags, you'll buy up some time to find Garibaldi. And then after Sinclair leaves, Ivanova orders a check on all off-station communications, which will stall Kimmer. Just neat. She's... Yeah, good thinking. Yeah. Next, we see Garibaldi find Londo. He explains the situation to Londo. Londo says he didn't do this, but he has an idea who did. We haven't been back to the... Um casino very much have we since the pilot movie yeah 
They had that hologram, like, medieval sword match thingy going on. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen something like that somewhere else. Star Wars, maybe? Yeah, I think that's it. You know, the the whole chess thing on that, wasn't it? Whereas this, it looks more like a um, match of some kind. Yeah. And next we see Major Kimmer wants to know why the comm channels are offline. She demands that the channels be reopened, which Ivanova doesn't take too kindly to. She says, I'll, I don't take demands, but I'll take a request, mm-hmm. which she then denies. <laughs> I love that little interchange there. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, Kimmer and Cutter talk some more. They want to question Londo since they find out that Londo, Ivanova, and Sinclair are Garibaldi's only friends, really. And she orders some other guy to go back to the ship and patch her through to General Nutter, Netter. There it was again. Netter? Yeah, I think I was going back Doc- and forth between Nutter and Netter, not remembering. <laughs> it's it's Netter because uh, it's Doc Netter from yeah. uh, who's the producer. Co-exec, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's also interesting in this, you know, you can actually get a line if you use another ship. You know, I just like that little touch where, you know, it's acknowledging, yeah, there's not only one way you can communicate people, whereas I think, you know, at least older sci-fi shows assume... Oh, if we shut communications down, there's no way they can communicate with anyone. Uh-huh. Uh, what, so, at what point is it uh, they realise what the explosives... Oh, yeah, it's when the evidence is found in Garibaldi's quarters. Uh, you mentioned C-15, and it's, it's an actual explosive we're aware of today. They didn't bother making up any futuristic explosives and it's what 200 years in the future they still using the same stuff to make bombs <laughs> uh, so now we're back to uh, the casino Londo has blamed Jakar for explode, um, Garibaldi getting framed um, but surprise they, yeah <laughs> I'm shocked <laughs> but how did Jakar get that much Centauri money well during the occupation of Ragesh 3 that keeps coming up some important stuff was lost, and for the right amount of money, it could be returned. And the Norns insisted on hard currency. Uh, is is this the when? Is this referring to when they attacked Ragesh Three? Right in the um, what was it? The second Mid- one, Mid- or yeah, the sec- in the first uh, regular episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And then they occupied it. Okay. Uh, Garibaldi could go to Jakar, but it would be hard to get into the ambassadorial wing, but Londo gives him a loan to help him out. And the reason he's helping because he thinks they're alike, they're both the odd man out, and it would give Londo pleasure to know that things could work out for people like them. And when Garibaldi's leaving, Londo says that he'll deny ever seeing Garibaldi if he's captured. I just want to know why Londo is so sad in this scene. I wonder what the story behind that is. Yeah, I thought that was really weird. I was like, okay, there's something going on here, but then we never, you know, get anything else about it. Well, was this changed in the story order at all? I'm sorry? Was there any change in the story order for... Was this originally meant to be broadcast closer to uh, Born to the Purple? Because, you know, if things have been shifted around, perhaps the la- originally the last episode, uh, Adira was meant to have been aboard. 
I don't know. Maybe I can find out quickly. Because that would explain why he's so sad, because Adira's just left. But otherwise, yeah, that information hasn't come up yet. Yeah, it was produced 11th and aired 11th. I'm not sure. Okay, um... So was um, Garibaldi, in order... So, okay, so Londo gave him a loan so he could pay somebody to get into the ambassadorial wing, right? Yeah, or... Oh, but we never found out who he paid, or I guess it doesn't matter. Because I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe we'll find out some more about, you know, the mole, but I guess not. Uh, next we see Zeta Wing arrive through the jump gate, and then after this, Garibaldi goes to see Nagrath. <laughs> Yeah. Nagrath gets pretty yeah. animated this scene. <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen him as well. Yeah. Nagrath refuses to help because Garibaldi is police and he just keeps saying he's only he only does legitimate business. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. Yeah. You're still police if you're on the run. And he sends Garibaldi away and security sees Garibaldi and chases him, but Garibaldi escapes. He knows the station, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So why did he need to pay someone to get into the ambassadorial wing when he could have just used the side passages like he does here? Maybe they're more heavily secure than... Perhaps, but seems like Garibaldi could have gotten around that as well. Um. So he's sneaking around and gets jumped by a bunch of guys, and I'm guessing these are supposed to we be... We are his... missing um, the bit where he actually does go to Jakar. Because that's before this. Wait, where am I? Ah, okay. I skipped this part. <laughs> so after the casino, Garibaldi goes to see Jakar, who was already expecting him. And Jakar said that he's kind of thrown the guards off Garibaldi's sin a little bit. And he knew Garibaldi was coming because Garibaldi had been seen talking to Londo. And it was in belt. he already knew that Londo was going to send him to Jakar. Because... Londo's people spy on Jakar, and Jakar's people spy on Londo, and everybody spies on each other. Yep. <laughs> and um, all the Centauri currency that the Narn received has been accounted for, but they go on, and Jakar says he respects Garibaldi's talents and offers him a ship to Narn, and maybe he could possibly return someday with the proper genetic alterations, and Garibaldi declines and leaves. What does that mean, genetic alterations? I think he just meant to make him look like somebody else so he could be a spy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's typical Jakara. Yeah. That would be rations, but I was like, genetic, huh? They're going to make him a different species or something? Give him <laughs> extra. He doesn't say. Yep. So then the jump gate, then they talk to Nagrath and Garibaldi escapes and... Uh, yeah, Garibaldi's sneaking around and gets joined by some guys, and I'm assuming these are supposed to be some of the enemies he made, I think. Either Londo or Jakar said that he wasn't safe on the station because of all his enemies. Must have been Jakar. Yeah. Uh, the, was this the, the awesome one, fight? The yes. First atta- <laughs> the first one attacking him is the same as he attacked just a mo- moments ago. Mr. Right. Tattoo, yeah. I, I call him. Yeah, the tattoo man. <laughs> Yeah, and you notice, you'll notice the set's basically the same as, um, chains. Huh? Conveniently oh, hanging chains. And I think, yeah, they've just got, the way they've set up the design as well, they've got panels on the wall and they can just change the colour of those and you're in a different section of the station. Yeah. So it's money on set design. 
does. Yeah, Garibaldi's getting beat up, but he's saved by Sinclair, who was monitoring the security ports on Garibaldi's whereabouts. I just love the way that Sinclair made his entrance. <laughs> he was a badass. <laughs> <Yep>. and, <laughs> uh, Garibaldi's determined to find out who framed him, but Sinclair doesn't want to let him leave. But when Sinclair gets a call from Ivanova, uh, Garibaldi slips away while Sinclair is distracted. Again. He just totally oh, walks cheap, away. Cheap yeah. It's not yeah. even it's not even stealthy. He just just, just walks. Walks away. <laughs> yeah. Sinclair just turns a quarter of the away away. He could have seen Garibaldi walking away out the corner of his eye. Yeah. And he lets him. Yeah, that's very that's probably did. He probably just let him. Yeah. Don't turn your back on Michael Garibaldi. So we see Garibaldi yeah. sn- He's just gonna saunter away. <laughs> <laughs> He is a fan of um, Daffy Duck, he, you know, from the first episode of the series. You saw him once. So I think that's where he gets all of his moves from. <laughs> <laughs> we see Garibaldi sneaking around some more. Yeah, this is what Heidi was <laughs> talking about. Um, and yeah, no, he, he, he climbs up onto a box, waits for someone to go around a corner, and then jumps off the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would have yeah. been awesome if he found a wig or something. That would have been even better. Yeah. <laughs> I had time to feel, so... Uh, we see Earth Force One arrive at a vortex generator. And, the jump gate. Yeah. Uh, the jump gate, sorry. I don't know why they called it vortex generator. Yeah. It's jump gate. Probably <laughs> the writer. Okay, yeah. Uh, General Netter orders Sinclair and his staff to fully cooperate with Major Kimmer. General Netter was played by Rod Perry, who was on the 70s show SWAT, and he was also in the 2003 movie version with Samuel L. Jackson and LL Cool J. And yeah, his name is a reference to Doug Netter, the co-executive producer. Sure. Sinclair wants to find Garibaldi as well, but he hasn't already judged him. He accuses Kimmer of wanting blood, not justice. She gets a call about a Garibaldi sighting, and because he's someone spending Centauri ducats, and she leaves. Sinclair orders the station to be prepared for the president's arrival and calls security and has to be patched in to Lou Welch. Next, we see Garibaldi arrive at the Happy Days bar, D-A-Z-E. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what was that door? Was it supposed to look like something? The know. door to go in? It's like red and... Yeah, I think we're in down below section, which... The impression I always get about Down Below is it was never intended for occupation, you know, and it, the area is full of airlocks and seals, mm-hmm. you know, from left over from the build. So, yeah, I think that door was just an airlock. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there are a bunch of shady-looking people in the happy days. and we <laughs> It's see, like a demon bar. <laughs> yeah, we see... Uh, Security guy come looking around and Garibaldi just uses a hat to hide, which is <laughs> the dumbest disguise, dumbest security guy ever. I know you just go around and look at everyone's faces, be sure. Yeah, my Garibaldi, once he gets back to being cheap, really should fire that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, they uh, were like waiting for him when he left, right? Is that what they, or they yeah. just happened to come by as he was leaving? Mis- Mr. Well, hat no. tipped him off. Yeah. Yeah, the guy yeah, with the hat. Yeah, did you see that? Oh, I, okay, I missed it. Okay. So that guy gives uh, Garibaldi a bottle and he starts drinking again. Damn. 
And later we see Garibaldi is very drunk. <laughs> He's asking, he asks about a back way out of the station, but his new buddy passes out and he gets up and starts speaking to the other patrons a little while before he leaves. And he's caught by security who's there. And Kimmer, okay, I didn't realize that the um, hat guy tipped him off, but I was just thinking this wasn't the first time she was exactly where she needed to be. Like, there was another scene where somebody was talking about her, and she, like, walks in right when they're talking about her. I think that's um, during the um, part where there's, an, you know, the wanted announcement for Garibaldi, and she walks in to CNC just at the point where they're going to cancel the uh, alert. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she says, drunk again, Uncle Mike. And Garibaldi has a vision of young a Liana. Little boy. <laughs> <laughs> and young Liana was played by Robin Wake. And this was the only thing on her INDB page. She orders Garibaldi taken to her command center and calls off the search. Cutter wants to go check the base one more time and he leaves. So you starting to get suspicious of him at this point or was it? Yeah. No. Of Garibaldi? Oh, no, Cutter. Cutter. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> yes, uh, I definitely thought it was Garibaldi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I was. I guess I. I didn't care enough to even have suspicions about anybody else. I don't know. Next, we see Earth Force One come through the jump gate, and it's clear for docking. Next, we see Major Kimmer questioning Garibaldi. He. Okay, so this was about 10 minutes until the end of the episode, and I was like, yes, we're finally going to see the president. <laughs> we're going to have all this cool stuff with politics. No, I was wrong, though. Uh, he said that he had changed until she arrived on the station, and she wants him to tell the truth. And we see Officer Welch arrive. He searched Nolan's quarters on Sinclair's orders and found some evidence, a detonator and some home guard stuff. Lou Welch is played by David Crowley, who's had a lot of bit parts and a lot of things. Garibaldi. And he found, oh, sorry. This is, he found this in Cutters? In Nolan's quarters, the guy who... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. After we had, uh, earlier in the episode, somebody said, why would somebody leave evidence in their quarters? This must be planted. And then <laughs> and now found out it was the guy based on evidence they left in their quarters. <laughs> <laughs> So Garibaldi was saying they had suspected Nolan was pro-Earth and something like this is home guard style. The president was going to announce a freer alien immigration and trade policies and that would have upset home guard. Kimmer gets a call saying the president's about to arrive and Garibaldi thinks they should keep the president away until they figure everything out. But she reminds him that he's still a suspect. Cutter comes back. He's checked the base and every, or it looks cleaner. Or maybe they call him. I can't remember. As she... Kimmer wants to believe Garibaldi, but she wants to know how the evidence they found got in his quarters. Garibaldi figures out that it could have been Cutter who leaked to that conclusion somehow and suggests that she check the base herself. That's a good move. And we see Earth Force 1 getting closer. There took them a long time. I just <laughs> can't remember how far it is from B5 to the jump gate. Well, I think it depends on the story, so... <laughs> you know, How long do we need it to take this ship to get there? You know, JMS has actually sometimes stated when he was asked how fast the ships moved at the speed of plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Garibaldi and Kimmer arrive in the bay. She, want to, she says she wants to scan them herself, and 
As she walks past, Cutter stuns her, and he points a gun at Garibaldi. I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, that is good, but she didn't have to bring bring Garibaldi. Actually, if if he's still a suspect, it makes sense for you to lock him up and go on your own or with some other backup, not bring the guy in custody for this whole plot in the first place. Yeah, but I think she believes him. I she may know. not want to, but I think she does anyway. And I know it, it's again it's for the purposes of the plot, but mm-hmm. not too realistic. So next, although there's... we're talking about a story about a space station two hundred years in the future, <laughs> yes. who am I to say what's realistic or not? <laughs> we just don't know. So the next part, we see a bunch of cutting back and forth. Ivanova is getting ready to launch the fighters. Cutter and Garibaldi fight. Ivanova starts to count down to launch the fighters. Uh, Garibaldi and Cutter fight some more. Ivanova clears the base for the drop. And then there's some more fighting. And within a few <laughs> seconds left of the countdown, Garibaldi snatches Cutter's link, calls Ivanova and tells her to abort the drop because there's a bomb in the bay. And so I have a question. Logistically, que- logistical question. Not logistical, but technical question. When you're using those things, does that go up to everybody or what? I don't know. Um, I think they're directed. Yeah, I think, um, I think actually, I think it might be more channels. There might be specific channels to get through to certain people. And the channel for Ivanova... started yelling into it, right? Well, no, you heard a bleep, so you must have pressed a button. So I'm thinking, um, his link pressing that button on his link would have gone through to command level staff. So it would have been Ivanova, Sinclair, um, and Major Kem, I say. Um, and everyone, or and maybe even Franklin, but everyone else wouldn't have heard the message. That's the impression I get, anyway, that, you know, you know, you press another message, you might have got a general announcement to the whole crew. Well, it was voice recognition. All voice recognition, but... <laughs> yeah. No, they should have facial recognition cameras in the in the station by 200 years in the future. Yeah. Or whatever technology where they can find him in two seconds, but... Okay. But I thought this was a, actually a pretty good scene. Um, I was like, why is she not she not stopping the thing? Come on, She's you want to like, stop it. Garibaldi? Really? What? Why are you calling me? I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, counting down. How are you dead? Because because she understands plot. She knows she's got to stop the countdown at one. That's yes. far more dramatic. Yes. She's not going to stop the countdown until it gets to one. Actually, it's, I can see Ivanova doing that on purpose. Just you know, because <laughs> it is it is after all the classic countdown trope. And yeah. how many times in her life is she going to be able to get to do that? <laughs> it's the president. So in Med uh, Med Bay, <laughs> Franklin is checking out Sinclair, uh, uh, Garibaldi. Uh, he'll be fit for duty in a few days, and we find out that there were charges on all the bay doors, and someone had deposited a hundred thousand credits into an account. Well, my notes are pretty crappy at this point. Um, into Cutter's account an hour after Nolan accused Garibaldi. Um, Garibaldi gets upset that he crammed climbed back into the bottle when things got roughed, but Sinclair reminds him that he climbed out and got the job done. And they have a little joke about a pay raise, and 
St. Clair leaves to attend the president's reception. Uh, it's a good job uh, all of the pilots were so well trained because yeah. if someone had decided to launch prematurely... Mm. What was the... Yeah, never mind. A new, there, we see a news report about working more closely with aliens. Garibaldi and Liana talk. Everything's going fine with the president's visit. She admits that she screwed up and had a personal vendetta. She apologizes and they make up and she leaves. And that's the end of the episode. There's a little, uh, there's a little thing that I noticed in the credits. That's actually a little mistake. The uh, ISN reporter is Maggie Egan is uh, noted as INS reporter. Ah. <laughs> Uh, we had Mark Hendrickson in this episode as Alien Number One. He was, you know, Durog and the Narn Captain and the Grey Council member. All these. He's not the guy that set the world record, but you know, he's been in a bunch of episodes. Oh, cool. And yeah, Doug Netter did the voice of President Santiago. Mm-hmm. JMS made a note um, about the president saying that Santiago is kind of playing it both ways. Like in this episode. It's all about allowing more trade and certain kinds of immigration, but I think he ran on trying to preserve Earth culture. Well, your typical politician, really, trying to get some stuff through, but appease the general population on what they elected them for, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because all politicians do it somewhere or another, don't they? Yeah, well, that's, that's all the notes I have for this episode, wasn't it? So, can we title for a second? Yeah. Like, are the survivors, is that supposed to be Garibaldi and Kemmer? Yes. Yeah, okay. I believe so. Okay. He actually yeah. says it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's so much I paid attention, apparently. <laughs> Elizabeth, he, he, I liked our predictions better. Yeah, yeah. For I, this I, title. Like, I, I actually quite enjoyed... Uh, most of the episode, but uh, for this title, I liked our prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Garibaldi says in the end, 17 years ago, we both died inside, but somehow we survived. Right. Okay. All right. How about some quotes of the week? Well, Anybody? somebody said they, they had one about Jakar. Oh. oh, I'll do it. Let me do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jakar says, the universe is run by the complex interweaving of three elements, energy, matter, and enlightened self-interest. I like that one. Yes. Yeah, and as I I was just going to say that, as I said with last week, that quote just typifies the whole scene with him last week and his response to the aliens then. Right. Yes. What were you going to say, Jan? I see. Yes, that sounds right. Any others? Um, yeah, um, you are going to resist, I hope. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love Ivanova. Yeah, always good for quotes. Always good. I have an Ivanova, I can't, um, I can't remember what Garibaldi said, but her response was, that's a very Russian attitude. I commend you. Yes. I, yeah. I oh, what, what was he saying? He was saying that he doubted mm. something or he, he, he never trusts what, pol- what the government uh, say. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I have a conversation. Uh, Kemmer says, I demand you open a channel to Earth at once, Ivanova says. I'm a lieutenant commander in Earth Force, Major. I don't take demands. If you re- if you will request, I will consider it. Kemmer, 
Very well, then. I request that you open a channel to Earth One, Vonova. Request denied. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Especially the have a back. nice day. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> I have one for Sinclair, and that is, of course, the you're not out for justice, you're out for blood. Mm-hmm. Sinclair had a few, but I didn't write. It was one about, like, you're more trouble than a something and a something, one of those kind of. It could be one of my rating systems. I haven't okay, decided. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's oh, one when Garibaldi said something about you should get a raise. Can't remember what his reply was. Dream on. Uh, I think. Oh, you know what? Actually, made me laugh was when Sinclair said he'd had it up to here, and he put his hand to his chin. I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because most people put it up to their forehead. Yeah, I know. It's just that, like, he bothered to even make the gesture, and he put it, like, at the bottom of his head. It was just funny. It's like I could take it a little while longer, but, you know, not that much longer. (laughs) About 90%. (laughs) All right, so let's move to our characters of the week. We'll start off with human of the week. I guess Garibaldi, right? Yeah, I think Garibaldi. Yeah, Yeah, okay, he wasn't. He was a brilliant throughout, but it was his story. Yes. Uh-huh. Garibaldi, yes. Garibaldi. How about Alien of the Week? Well, it's between <laughs> Jakar and Londa, really. There weren't really any other aliens apart or from Negrath. the Negrath. I was going to say. Oh, the Negrath hasn't won. The Negrath hasn't won. We have to do Negrath. <laughs> I think so, too, because yeah. Londo and Jakar weren't that impressive. All right. Neg- yeah, Negrath. Are, you, are you cool with that? All right. I'm good with that. Okay, let's do some episode ratings. You want to start us out, Yan? I have seven out of ten out for blood. Seven. Nice. How about you, Heidi? Um, I like this one pretty well. I think I will go six and a half out of ten water straight up. Damn it! That was my. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um. I feel bad because I really don't have much to say about this because I just wasn't invested in like what was going on. It just, I just felt like I've seen this story before and I didn't, if they had made it so that we actually could thought maybe Garibaldi had done it or there was some good potential people that could have done it and planted it. I don't know. I think that would have helped. Um, I mean, I liked getting some backstory, um, on him. It wasn't the most exciting backstory, but it was, you know, I liked getting it. Um, Kenner, Kemmer, Kemmer was, um, was, um, I don't know. Okay. She was, she was a little, yeah, she was just like very monotone and, um, she was just very, very like, uh, I don't know, un- inflappable or whatever. She just didn't have much expression. And um, I think that was for her character, but it was just an odd thing. Um, I'm glad that he didn't have an affair with her. Um, that yes. I was worried about at first. Oh, at the end. <laughs> at the end. Oh, when, God. When yes. they went to hug, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Me too. Um, yeah, so I was kind of waffling between a 6 and a 6.5, but um, um, I don't know. I give it a six toilets full of snakes out of ten. Nice. How about you, Ian? Yeah, well, I'm really, really tempted to give it a ten out of ten just because it's not believers. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you don't get to rate on that curve. 
of. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's but, a 10 from now on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it could have been better. Um, and there were several bad actors in this, including Kemmer. You know, if she, uh, if, if that had been a different actor, you could have gotten some really interesting stuff out of that. But it's a shame that it's in the hands of someone, as he said, who's so monotone. Um, and you get to explore Garibaldi's character though, so that's a plus. Um, it's just not quite back up to full spec yet. So, Six and a half random hat guys out of ten. Awesome. Well, for me, yeah, like you guys, there's just not a lot to say about this episode. I enjoyed Garibaldi's backstory, but yeah, it was all right. I gave it six and a half out of ten denied requests. Well, so really, we averaged exactly six and a half, didn't we? Right, yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> Sinclair's streak is broken as human of the week. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that was a long streak. I also had the alternative um, rating system of really slow fist fights. But... <laughs> oh, see what's. I, in had, the... I, I had a secondary uh, uh, human uh, as Ivanova. Yeah, she was funny. Yes, she was good. Well, Ivanova's always a backup human, even if she's not on top. It's she always has the best quotes for the episodes. <laughs> now, are there any? Oh, go ahead. Uh, so, what were you going to say, Elizabeth? No, no, it's okay. Go ahead and finish. I... No, I was just, I was, I was just okay. saying that uh, one of her gets better quotes of the episodes. She does. Um, no, are there any main characters that we haven't gotten backstory on? Well, except for Kosh. <laughs> Not really a main character. <laughs> really, can we get backstory on Kosh? I mean... <laughs> yeah. Because we've had people show up from the past for Sinclair, for Ivanova, for Franklin, for Garibaldi, even for Talia. Um, well, I guess the only thing that could have made Believers worse is if Talia was in there. <laughs> <laughs> Talia forever. <laughs> Just to make Will upset. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I feel like we've gotten a lot of uh, back you know, past people coming on and it never really seems to go anywhere. All right. Um, next, let's go to the feedback section. We have some emails. First email is from Victor DeGrand. Who wants to read Victor's email? I'll read it. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Survivors was a much better episode. Garibaldi's checkered past comes back to bite him in the form of Major Liana Kemmer the daughter of an old friend, who still blames him for her father's death. Liana is out for revenge, and she is one tough cookie, although she is no match for a certain lieutenant commander. <laughs> when she tries to throw her weight around, she is ordered out of the observation dome, and it is a smiling Ivanova who says, You are going to resist, I hope. If a cat fight takes place, my money is on the Russian. Yeah. Other when she smiles, it's like a deadly kind of a smile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when Garibaldi is implicated in an accidental death, yet again, what is it with him? But when was the other one? Um, accidental death. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Oh, just the, I guess they're just he's just referring to the her dad, maybe. Oh, okay, yeah. He becomes a fugitive and falls off the wagon. While he is on the run, the familiar characters turn up in bit parts. 
Londo and Jakar seem to have undergone, undergone some role reversal this week. I keep forgetting which one is supposed to be the good guy or the bad guy from one week to the next. Garibaldi ends up in a sleazy bar called The Happy Days, where he has the time of his life drinking with some aliens who look like rejects from the Star Wars cantina. He is finally apprehended when he is too drunk to stand, much less run anymore. But in the end, it is Garibaldi who has to save the day, preventing an explosion that would have destroyed the station. Like all good security chiefs, he is checked out on drinking and fighting. So despite his blood alcohol content being somewhere on the moon, he is able to defeat the saboteur in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> Slow yeah, that's combat. <laughs> At last, a happy ending, and a new, softer Liana has her hair down, forgives Garibaldi, and they hug it out. This episode wasn't perfect. It had a, some clunky dialogue early between Ivanova and Garibaldi as they had to deliver some exposition. But you can't go too far wrong by building an episode around a character as messed up as Garibaldi. This one gets a high, oh, excuse me. This one gets eight high functioning drunks out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Regards, Victor. Well, thanks, Victor. Thanks, Victor. I think you get rating of the week there. That's a good one. Yeah. Our next email is from Lori. He wants to read Lori's email. I'll take that one. Hi, Ambassadors. This was quite a change of pace from last week. More action and a lot of backstory on one of our favorite characters. So was this the first episode where we got confirmation that Garibaldi is an alcoholic? Yes. Yes, yes. I think so. Yeah. I do have a lot of sympathy for him when he relapses. I am sure everyone assumed that he was framed, but did the newbies guess it was the home guard? Yeah, no. just finally when he was acting way suspicious at the end. <laughs> we get a lot on Earth politics as well as some great snarky lines from Ivanova. So it seems President Santiago is not popular with them. Even though the time with the ambassadors was short, it was very entertaining. Londo trying to implicate Jakar, who in turn tries to recruit Garibaldi as a spy. Both so true to character. I'm guessing you will all have liked this one better than last week. <laughs> Based on listening <laughs> to the commentary, I felt it was a bit predictable, but like the like the backstory and intrigue. Human Garibaldi, alien Londo. When in doubt for me, it has to go to Londo. <laughs> uh, thanks, Lori. P.S. Sorry for all the typing errors sent from my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Lori. Totally get you. Thanks, Lori. That's it for feedback. Thanks for feedback, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. If you want to have your voice heard on the show, please send feedback to mail at downbelowpodcast.com. Yes, please. Now let's do some predictions. Our next episode will be joined by guest host Eric, and the name of the episode is By Any Means Necessary. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. This could be any number of things. <laughs> um, we could go back to... Uh, politics and um and i don't know the it it could be anybody um actually high in political power who's gonna get something done by any means necessary or it could be uh the people who are against the aliens and uh, it could be so many things and it'll probably be nothing that i even think it is because <laughs> this episode wasn't yeah so. me too i uh, that's very that's like mm. Um, that's, what's, that's what you need to do. Go completely to the opposite of what you normally think about. Hmm. So it is. Um. Somebody is tr- is trying to save their child, and no way that happened two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we just no. had that one. Yeah. <laughs> 
okay. Um, oh yeah, there's like a um, um, a really cool. Um, let's see. Um, Justin Bieber um, imp- impressionist concert going on on Earth, <laughs> and the Believers are trapped on um, Babylon Five, and they need to get to Earth, but there is a, a shuttle lockdown. But they will get there by any means necessary. Damn, okay. I don't have my sound. I don't have my sound clips <laughs> ready. <laughs> um, I've got one. Um, okay. So Veer really, really wants this tasty, tasty dinner from his homeworld, but they don't uh, have it on Babylon Five because it's like steak and it's really expensive. And so he is going to get this dinner for his birthday. That's it. Oh, for yeah. His birthday by any means necessary. Yes, I like it. It's like, yeah, something ridiculous like that, I hope. Right. <laughs> something like, yeah. I mean, we've done, um, we've done saving a child. We've done, like, home guard stuff, if you, I feel like, recently. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily think it's going to be home guard. Um, because I would probably think saving a child, you know, like parents, I'll do whatever it takes. But we we just did that, so yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. I'll go believers. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I guess that's going to bring you back up for anything, isn't it? One day you'll get it. <laughs> oh yeah, really? Okay, good to know. You think so, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, and I really don't. I mean. I feel like we're going to see Santiago at some point. Um, maybe he'll get assassinated. Ooh. Maybe by uh, by the first doctor. Um, um, Dr. Ben? Like ben. Yes, Dr. Ben. Because now he was, like, working with President or something, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Or they, yes. Yeah, right. and so... Maybe the sight of a Vorl- of a Vorlon when he went crazy from seeing the Vorlon, they like took control of him and he'll assassinate the president. <laughs> wow, Ian likes that theory apparently. <laughs> <laughs> just just Im- Im- image of Doctor Payne get going all crazy. <laughs> Is that really that far off from how he was acting at the end of that pilot, though? No, I mean, he, he was, was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, he was babbling about things. Uh, yeah. Or maybe it's a um, maybe it's a Psy, uh episode. We have we need more on the psychor. So, oh, Will doesn't think so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would bring a certain someone back, and happy. We to- gotta have more uh, evil sides, though. We have to have more of those. Well, and we do need to see more. I know you don't want to, Will, but I want to know more about Talia's ability to move things with her mind. Oh yeah, yeah, that's got to come up again. Yeah. Just real. Yeah. Think of it this way. If she's moving stuff with her mind, she doesn't need to speak. Don't mind as long as she doesn't talk. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all, right. all right. I guess that's all my predictions uh, for now. I don't really. I'll, none of them. So. <laughs> so, Yan, remind us where we can find you on the web. You can find me at babylonlurker.net uh, slash blog. And uh, on Twitter as Babylon Lurker. And you can find me also on the Facebook page of the group, of the uh, podcast. Yay. And thanks for uh, staying up so late. What time is it for you, Ian? Oh, 1.30. Oh. 1.30 for you, and is it 12.30 for you, Ian? Yeah, nearly 12.30 here. Yeah, that's really late for you guys. So thanks. We are inter- You're welcome. Inter- 
multi-continental here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all we have this time, folks. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye. 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 Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. Downbelowcast.